I am your host, Chloe Rodriguez. I had no idea how to start this podcast in a festive way, but here we are. Because <laughs> it's Christmas today, you guys. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Guys, guys, wake up. Wake up your family. Wake them up. It's Christmas. Guys, if you celebrate Christmas, wake up your family. Go open your presents. If you're Jewish, like part of my family is... Go back to bed. It's not time. <laughs> Anyone else who doesn't celebrate? Well, it's okay. I, I hope you can still enjoy this episode today. <laughs> um, today, we are obviously doing a Christmas-themed episode. I am so excited, you guys, and I have a very special guest, someone who I've been wanting to bring on the podcast for a while. Say hi to everybody, Mr. Emmanuel Maya. Please, please, just call me Manny. <laughs> Mr. Manny. Thank you. It is, I have a very rigid and full schedule, and it's very <laughs> difficult for me to even be here, so I can understand how special this must oh, be. I'm, I'm so happy. I finally snagged you on here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we had some connections. <laughs> your people called my people. Mm-hmm. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Um, Emmanuel Maya, we'll mm-hmm. just call him Manny. Um, so Manny is a member of my improv group, Weasel Brunch. Um, we've had a few members on in the past few weeks. And uh, not only that, but he has a special place in my heart because oh. you're actually my boyfriend. I am? You are. Oh. When you didn't... You're my... You didn't I'm, get the memo? Um, why were you going to tell me that I was your boyfriend? This is... This is how I'm asking you. Please don't make me look bad on my own podcast. Okay, well, for the sake of the podcast, sure. But we'll talk later. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, you're my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. My boyfriend. Yep. Um, and I'm really excited, you guys, because we wanted to talk about all things Christmas today. Not only all, all things Christmas, but th- there's something weird that happens around the holidays, you guys. And what is that? Um, Things get fucking weird. I don't know if you guys feel the same way that I do. I feel like advertisements are weird at Christmas time. Commercials are like either really cheesy and weird Mm -hmm. or just like every, it's just weird. Like the holiday season is just like this weird bubble that happens for a two to three month span. And then as soon as the new year hits, everyone forgets about it. I don't even know what happens after the new year as far as television goes because i feel like we're in a christmas or a holiday state and then after the new year rolls around what even happens on tv anymore do they just go back to normal and pretend the weird shit didn't happen it's like we like they made so much christmas and holiday material Mm -hmm. for things and then because we only have so much time like you have to oversaturate yourself with those things Mm. So I feel like as soon, even as early as like the end of Halloween, mm-hmm. people are like, okay, we got to start this shit now because we have like too much content to get through. Mm-hmm. 
So we wanted to talk to you guys about that today. Weird uh, commercials, weird ads, weird Christmas movies, and have you guys seen the Peloton ad? <laughs> oh my! What did you think of that Peloton ad? We were talking about this a little earlier. We were. Um, it confused me because it made me go through a couple viewings of that commercial uh, to realize that an entire year happened in that commercial. Yeah, I didn't. I really could just could have at least out. given her a haircut to show the passage of time. Oh, they could have. Nope. They're really bad at showing the passage of time. <laughs> that Peloton I was just waiting was... to skip the ad. Let me just get that out of the way. I <laughs> rarely watched it. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, there's this like controversial Peloton ad that's out. We're recording this on December 9th, so by the time this comes out, it might be obsolete already. <laughs> but, I, I doubt it. But people have been talking about it. It's like this guy gives his wife a Peloton bike and... Uh, People think it's like weird and dystopian and are upset that like a guy gave his wife an exercise bike, so, which I personally don't have a problem with. I, I don't have a problem with the like gifting her a bicycle or anything like a stationary mm-hmm. bicycle. But the dystopian part, I totally get because it does look like she's being held hostage mm-hmm. in that commercial. <laughs> a lot of ads I noticed make like one Christmas commercial. Mm-hmm. And then just like see how many years they can get away with just bringing that same one yeah. out of the ball. Like that M&M's commercial. Do you know which oh, one I'm talking about? Oh, the one with Hagrid. With Hagrid? Where, Is he the guy who plays Santa? He's Santa. What? Yeah. Oh, shit. Do you guys know the M&M's commercial I'm talking about? They bring it out literally every it, year. Wh- why don't we quote it? Santa? Well, there's lines, <laughs> there's lines before that. Oh, okay. So do you really think he's going to like these M&M's? I don't know. I never met the guy. Oh! He does exist. Oh, hold no. on. <laughs> it goes, oh, he does exist. They do exist. And then red and red both faint. And then uh, J.K. Simmons is like, Santa? Is that his name? The actor? Yeah. The guy that, who plays the yellow M&M? J.K. Simmons. They've not, been playing yeah. that M&M's commercial like since Ever. the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. Like, I... I think I I don't think I've seen another holiday M&M commercial like <laughs> since my birth. It's right. been 25 years almost. But we're not here to talk solely about M&M's. <laughs> though we could. Okay, I've told you this before. There is a specific ad mm-hmm. that they put up all around uh, Los Angeles mm-hmm. during the holiday season. I see it go up on billboards every year and it is the most nonsensical advertisement I've ever seen. It's a giant billboard with a red background with a can of Sprite on it. Mm. And it says, may all your cranberries be Sprite. Just like may all your Christmases be white, which is such a stretch. The fact that you had to explain to me what it meant. I, I never understood. We were that. driving down the freeway and I was like, God damn it. I hate that billboard. Like they <laughs> put those billboards up again and they're like all around my house too. So I feel like I'm surrounded. And you were like, I don't get it. May all your cran... Because it's for the fucking, like, Sprite cranberry flavor, yeah. which I've never tried. Me neither. Sounds... We should have had some. It sounds awful. <laughs> we should have brought some on. Oh, dang. Next time. Next we'll next have... Christmas. Next Christmas, we'll do a cranberry Sprite review for the <laughs> podcast. We'll have LeBron James. We'll add a third microphone. Yeah, you didn't even get it when we first saw it. That's how, like, nonsensical it is, you guys. I Okay, think about it for a second. May all your cranberries be Sprite. What? Does that mean like, <laughs> like, hey. Never know, eat real cranberries yeah. again. Only drink them in soda form. If you ever have to consume this fruit, may it be Sprite. 
There's also an advertisement that was on in like 2014, and it was a Kmart commercial with these like pregnant women (laughs) who are not pregnant. They're like clearly models with like a fake pregnant stomach. Right. And they're like sexily dancing to the song Santa Baby. Yeah, that's a weird... And I guess they're pregnant because there's, like, the word baby in the song. But, like, that's not what the song is about. The song is, like, someone trying to fuck Santa Claus. Is that what the song's about? Isn't it? I've never stopped and looked at the lyrics for Santa Baby. Isn't Santa Baby is, like... Okay, there's something that might support your claim. Because I think there's a part where they say, Won't you come down my chimney tonight? And I'm like, hmm. Yeah. It's kind Santa of a baby. Yeah. So hurry down the chimney tonight. Oh, yeah. And then it's just her like basically wanting a sugar daddy and being like a key to a yacht. <laughs> Stuff like that. Holiday music is weird. <laughs> Do you have any Christmas songs that you listen to that just send like shivers down your spine or like you're just sick of them? Um I I wouldn't say send shivers down my spine, nor do they nor am I sick of them, but I overanalyze a couple of songs. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, the 12 Days of Christmas one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, okay, what, what did they gift on the first day of Christmas? A partridge in a pear tree. Second day. Two turtle doves. You don't have to sing it. No, oh, two turtle doves. <laughs> Third day. Three French hens. Fourth. Um, I don't remember the fourth. Four. Geese laying. No, that's eight geese alone. Okay. Five. Eight geese alone, seven swans swimming. Six. Six. Oh, wait, no, it's six geese alone. Well, the point is, for like <laughs> for like the first six or seven ish days, this guy gives his one true love birds. Mm-hmm. And it's just too much birds to give someone. I. Four calling birds. There we go, it's four calling birds. birds. And so, can you imagine, like, the first four days, you're like, damn, this guy just got me a bunch of birds. I'm kind of rethinking, like, my relationship here. Fifth day, you're like, oh, five golden rings. Mm-hmm. I completely misjudged this. Day six, geese. Back to birds. You gotcha. Yeah. And then I also have a... But we're taking too much time on this. It's okay. Go for it. I'll cut it out if you hate it. Oh, you're... All of this. <laughs> <laughs> all of this is going straight in the garbage. <laughs> There's also uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which is weird. They say... They mention all the reindeer... Like, the B-team of the reindeer, and then they get to Rudolph, like, and did you happen to have heard of the most famous reindeer oh, of yeah. all? Of they, course! <laughs> they list the trash ones first. So they're like, hey, do you know a dancer and prancer? You're like, no, who are they? Comet, Cupid, Donner, Blitzen. You're like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. And they're like, huh. What about Rudolph? And you're like, yeah, fuck yeah, I've heard of Rudolph. Why did you lead with the shitty ones? It'd be like saying, you know Bill Adams, Doug Becker, Jim Braxton, Curtis Brown, Mario Salato, Bob Chandler, Mario Clark, and Joe Dallamalaru. But do you happen to know the most famous member of the 1978 Buffalo Bills roster, O.J. Simpson? (laughs) By chance. Why didn't you lead with O.J.? Rudolph... Is like the O.J. Simpson. He's the O.J. Simpson of the reindeer world. But those are my songs. Okay, so while we're on the subject of Christmas music, I feel like I would be uh, really missing an opportunity if I didn't shout out my favorite Christmas music tradition that I have kept alive for like seven years. 
Um, and based off of the look that you're giving me, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> is it who I think it is? It is definitely who you think it is. Who else could it be? I'm talking about the legend himself, Max Pacheco. Oh, shit. Max Pacheco. Okay. You are not... I have shown you Max Pacheco before, and you just don't get him like I do. I guess I don't know. I You do not have the love for Max Pacheco that I do. You guys, I'm telling you right now, Google Max Pacheco Christmas Carols. I... Here's here's the thing. So you are my boyfriend now, mm-hmm. but before you, mm-hmm. way back when, there was another boy, and this boy introduced me to Max Pacheco. Mm-hmm. So when I was in high school, the guy I was dating, um, <laughs> I had him over around the holidays. And he pulled up this video. It's on Vimeo. Like, it's not even available on YouTube. It has, like, maybe a thousand views. It has, like, one comment. Is it yours? No, I haven't done anything. It's it's a a 40-minute long video of this guy sitting alone in his house wearing a Santa hat. And he's singing into, like, this children's, like, karaoke machine microphone. And he's just sitting there singing Christmas carols, not very well, (laughs) but it's amazing. And it's not amazing because he's a bad singer. Like he makes it funny and like he's clearly doing it for the comedy of it. And there's something about that video that just like gets me every time. And it's my new Christmas tradition where once a year during the holiday season, I have to sit through all 40 minutes of the Max Pacheco Christmas carols. And I've shown it to you. I My roommates in college, like every year, like they knew they'd be like, it's Max Pacheco time because I would make them listen to it. And I made you listen to it and you just don't get it. I, I do not get it. <laughs> I am, I'm checking out for this part of the conversation. You, okay, guys, please go watch Max Pacheco. I am... I am Max Pacheco's number one fan. Max Pacheco, if you hear this, please know that you can never take down that video. I watch it every year, and every year I'm afraid that I'm going to Google it, and it's going to be gone. So I'm just spreading the word, you guys. Max Pacheco Christmas carols. You're not going to regret it. It's the best part of the holiday season. So you're wrong, Manny. You're dead wrong. Hey, it's Editing Chloe. I just wanted to say that I had a whole section here talking about Jewish uh, Hanukkah songs, because if you guys don't know, I am half Jewish, and I wanted to give a shout out, and somehow I deleted all the audio, so I'm sorry about that. But shout out to my Jewish listeners. Happy Hanukkah. Bye. There's one Christmas song that haunts my dreams. And uh, I'm just going to sing a little bit of it, and you tell me what you think it is. All right. Imagine that you're walking through a dark alley. It's late at night. You're trying to find your car. You're kind of lost, so you have to cut through, try to get a shortcut through Mm -hmm. a a little alleyway. You're walking by yourself. It's a bad neighborhood. Mm. Sun has gone down. It's uh, pretty dark. And uh, you just went to the ATM, so (laughs) you got a lot of 
Got a lot of money in your pocket. I feel like Thomas Wayne walking Martha and Bruce Wayne through Crime Alley. <laughs> yep. And then, out of nowhere, through, through the echoes of the alley, you just hear, Christmas time is here. Happy days and cheer. <laughs> Would that not scare the shit out of you? You know, it was kind of adorable when you like first started singing this to me a while ago. <laughs> uh, but I looked it up on my own behalf and you're right it is absolutely creepy it's i would it's a really scary song i would think i was going to die if i heard that song <laughs> it's scary out of the context of the peanuts christmas special mm-hmm. like in the special it's like oh people are ice skating it's so nice and peaceful oh look a lioness with his little blanket mm-hmm. but <laughs> when you just hear it out of nowhere unexpectedly and you just hear a chorus of like it sounds haunting for all the children call it's like right it's very terrifying it's it is extremely terrifying I, especially that bridge yeah you don't... The <laughs> girls everywhere <laughs> that's a music term bridge <laughs> the whole podcast is just gonna be me people singing christmas time this year i'm fine with that from the peanuts special Okay, let's get into some other Christmas specials. We touched on the Peanuts one with that creepy-ass song. Mm -hmm. A lot of people talk about how bad Lifetime and Hallmark Christmas movies are. And they are. They they are. Don't get me wrong, you guys. But I'm going to venture and say (laughs) Netflix original Christmas movies Mm -hmm. are just as bad if not worse some of them have are in a league of their own with how bad they are because netflix like obviously puts more money into them mm-hmm. than like lifetime would mm-hmm. so like you would hope that they would be a little bit better but no mm-hmm. so um manny and i went through and we did not want to sit through these like unwatchable movies so we watched the trailers mm-hmm. and um we are going to dissect some of the worst most unwatchable Christmas movies that I've ever seen right here, right now for you guys. You're going to have to take the lead on this because I saw you taking notes for that. You got way more notes than I, I did. Took I took vigilant notes. You did. I tried and I got like two <laughs> or three things at most, but I think some of them are worthy of discussion. Mm-hmm. So there are a few hallmarks of these terrible Christmas movies. Kind of a theme that we were noticing through all of these trailers. One usually like a business woman there's always business there's always someone who's like business Uh, for some reason christmas like hate like the concept of christmas movies is that like you can't be in business do you think it's honestly because of the tropes of a christmas carol and uh (laughs) ebenezer scrooge was just so like huge into business and they're taking that trope of someone that's too dedicated to their work (laughs) like that could honestly be the reason why and Maybe. they play lightly with it i mean for such a commercial holiday like it's really funny that in all of these movies the antagonist is like a business <laughs> um so it always centers around a business or a business woman if a character is introduced in a christmas movie and their first words are business <laughs> i'm on board the second trope is that there's always a shot where like the female protagonist falls and the guy catches her and she's like oh right um, There's th- also where um, the female protagonist will usually 
fall for that person. And then later in the trailer, there's a shirtless scene. <gasps> yes. And then they'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. And there's like that weird. Yeah, there's a section. there's like a moment where she like walks in on him shirtless, and she's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, sorry." Yes, and she's like staring as she walks out the door. Always it happens. If it doesn't have that, it's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> I really. think If there's so. no shirtless man, it ain't Christmas, honey. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Die Hard. <laughs> there's um one big celebrity in all of these movies that you're like that person's in this. <laughs> Oh, okay. For some reason, when we looked through all of these movies, there was one thing that bonded them all together, and that is an hour and a half runtime. Yes. Spot on. All of them. For some reason, every single one of these movies was like an hour 26, an hour 30, an hour 32. Like they were all like an hour and a half long. Yes. Without fail. <laughs> I actually don't even think I remember seeing one that went over an hour 30. I, there weren't. They were all an hour 30. Exactly. No, not, e- not even 31 or 32. I think they were all... <laughs> like you, you know what the quota is. You can't go past that much time. That was honestly... like I don't know if that's a coincidence, but that's worth exploring. So we are going to go through some of these movies for you guys... Um, if you want to follow along with us, then you can always, uh, when we give you the titles, you can always feel free to go on Netflix and watch the trailer for these films and then come back or, um, you know, maybe, maybe just deal with our description because these are so funny. So this first movie that we looked at, it was one of my favorites and it's called The Night before Christmas. Now I know what you're wondering, audience. You're like, this sounds interesting already. Let me go ahead and type that into the search bar. T-H-E-N-I-G-H-T space bar before Christmas. It doesn't show up. Well, that's because you forgot a K. Yeah, it's not It's not the night before Christmas like nighttime. It's the night before Christmas. As in night in shining armor. <laughs> in shining armor. This is the description. Medieval magic sends a 14th century knight to modern-day Ohio, where he falls for a high school science teacher who's disillusioned by love. I, at no point in the trailer did I pick up that she was a teacher, nor that this was Ohio. (laughs) Guys, so this is uh, this year's Vanessa Hudgens Netflix movie. That was Vanessa Hudgens? Yeah, it was Vanessa Hudgens. She was in one, I think, last year, but this is her 2019 Netflix original Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like the movie Enchanted. Yes, that's the exact. <laughs> that was thing the I vibe out. I was getting. She like runs over a knight with her <laughs> car. They literally just like I don't know how I don't remember how they started, but she's just like driving and she's like, I wish I could get love for Christmas. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, and then she hits a man who's fully clothed from top to bottom, like dressed as a knight. And then she takes him to the hospital, and the guy at the hospital is like, so he's perfectly fine. There's only one problem. He thinks he's a 14th century knight. Very specific. (laughs) For some reason, all the comedy in this is that the knight doesn't know what a car is, and doesn't know how to like unlock doors and stuff in the car. But you said that, and I think you might address this later, because you have a lot of movies where there's like a fish out of water scenario, like this one... Um, Enchanted, Thor, where someone goes into the modern world and they're like, what is this whole stuff? But the only thing 
the knight was confused with was vehicles. That was the only thing. <laughs> yeah, they they had like a whole world uh, like at their fingertips mm-hmm. of what they could make this <laughs> this guy confused about, and they were just like, he doesn't know how cars work because he lacks horses. Yeah, he goes in there. He's like, I know what a cappuccino machine is. I <laughs> very well adverse with that, but cars. <laughs> they go. Google car. <laughs> Google car makes zoom. Where do you hide the horses? <laughs> And then for no oh, reason... I guarantee you the line horsepower is going to be in there and they're going to get confused about it. She decides to, like, help him get his memory back? Yeah. I don't want to spoil things for you, but mm-hmm. I think she might fall in love with the knight. What makes you say that? I just get a feeling. I don't know. I mean, did she see him shirtless in a scene? She did see oh, him shirtless shit. in a scene. <laughs> um, our next film is called... Holiday in the Wild. And um, I only wrote down one thing from it, but I guarantee you it's not because there's not much to discuss. There was just too much. Chloe's going to take the reins here with this one. There's just one thing that I wrote. <gasps> I can't wait to hear what that one is. Oh, you'll, you'll so this one stars Rob Lowe and Kristen Davis from Sex and the City. And that description is when her husband abruptly ends their marriage. Empty nester Kate embarks on a solo second honeymoon in Africa, finding purpose and potential romance. So this, seeing this trailer was really like our inspiration to do this podcast because it starts out ridiculous and it just gets like worse (laughs) and just like astronomically so weird. So Kristen Davis's character meets Rob Lowe at a restaurant in Africa and she's just sitting alone at a table and he's like, is your husband going to join us? And then she's like, my husband divorced me two days ago. So I came to Africa. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then it's just like them, for some reason, they like hate each other for no reason. And then he's like a pilot. So, okay. So she's in Africa on her second honeymoon. Alone. And, alone. And then Rob Lowe's character is like a pilot there and he's supposed to like be giving her like an overhead tour of Africa. And then I think like the plane crashes or no, they he land makes, or something. No, he makes an emergency landing. Yeah, he makes an emergency landing and then there's like, they see an elephant being poached and she's like, we gotta help the elephant. It's like very rich people who are like stranded in Africa, but there's no sense of like urgency at all. Mm-hmm. And she's FaceTiming her son in the middle of Africa, yeah. like with spectacular service. That is some of the most spectacular service I have ever seen. Like I know... Uh, I know when movies do like the whole FaceTime thing, they have to green screen it, but mm-hmm. they did it too well. I, I've i noticed that like a lot in TV and film where like they'll have someone like FaceTiming or like Skyping another character and it does not look realistic at all because like the camera that they use for it is the exact same like quality camera that they're using for the rest of the film. Yeah. So the image just looks so crisp when in reality you're using like Either your computer, like, webcam, Mm -hmm. or, like, maybe you have an older version of your phone, or something like that. And it's just, it's never realistic looking. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it's Kristen Davis and Rob Lowe falling in love in Africa, and, like, simultaneously being, like, white saviors. Mm -hmm. Because they're, like, clearly really rich, and they're like, we gotta save those elephants! But it's also Christmas! (laughs) I feel like if you watch the first ten seconds of this trailer, as opposed to the last ten seconds... Um, you would think they're two completely different movies. 
<laughs> it's uh, it's pretty amazing, mm-hmm. you guys. Highly I, recommend. I like to think of Holiday in the Wild as an unofficial sequel to Deck the Halls, which also has Kristen Davis <laughs> in it. So in that one, like Kristen Davis is married to uh, Matthew Broderick's character mm-hmm. in that movie, and they have a feud with their neighbors about you know cra- classical tradition. Of Christmas, like oh, I don't like my neighbors. No, they're too jolly. I'm always a jolly one, and I feel like unofficially she divorced Matthew Broderick, and that's where we continue with Holiday in the Wild. She <laughs> just divorced him, and this is a sequel to Deck the Halls. Also, I wrote down uh, that's not even my note. My note is shirtless Rob Lowe because, of course, we got to have a, a shirtless oh, yeah. scene in There's there. There's the scene where she walks in on Rob Lowe shirtless, and yeah. uh, you were not impressed. I was not impressed because. For how many years did you say he was on Parks and Rec? Uh, like four? I think four, he did four seasons or something. Four seasons of him playing that character that's always fit, that always is mindful about what he eats. So in my mind, I thought this is like the peak of human uh, abilities, the peak of But he's perfection. not Chris Traeger. He's Rob Lowe. Right, but I just kept imagining that. And then he just takes off his shirt. It's just a shirtless guy. <laughs> I mean, I, I was let down. I don't know. I think for Rob, for Rob Lowe's age, I think he's still kicking it. Well, maybe if uh, maybe if he wasn't in Parks and Rec for those four seasons, I'd cut him some slack. But mm-hmm. because of that, I expected him to be like Terry Crews buff. <laughs> How oh my god! Funny. Could you imagine if he took off his shirt, but it's Terry Crews' body? I think the well, buffer just, you are, the funnier it is. Just like, that's like the scene in uh, Step Brothers where Adam oh, Scott yes. like, lifts up his shirt and he's got like a six-pack <laughs> And it's clearly not his body. <laughs> anyway, Holiday in the Wild, you guys. Highly recommend at least watching the trailer. And then while you're at it, deck the halls. <laughs> Our next one is probably like the worst one, like as far as being cheesy and terrible goes. This is a this is one called Santa Girl. Oh yes. And the celebrity that's featured in this movie is the girl who plays Harper on Wizards of Waverly Place. I believe her name is Jennifer Stone. Um, so this is the girl from Wizards, and she is Santa's daughter. You guys, what a revolutionary idea! What if you were related to Santa Claus? That is actually kind of interesting. I oh no, it's been done before. I, then let me watch those movies. I just find them interesting. Even in a movie that we're going to talk about later, it's being done. All right, cool. But anyway. <laughs> I find it interesting. So she has decided to go to college instead of being Santa's daughter and taking over the family business, which is insane. A woman going to college? The concept of a child not wanting to carry on the family business and that creating a conflict between her and her father? What a revolutionary idea. She's waving her arms. I am. Frantically. <laughs> what did you think of Santa Girl? Um, I thought the trailer was very stupid. <laughs> I have one note that I want to ask because you seem to celebrate Christmas more than my family did. Mm-hmm. So you're probably more into the lore of Christmas, which sprouted a question that I will ask you later in there. Okay. Um, I did find it weird, however, that... Santa Claus looks like an asshole in this trailer because I think of jolly old St. Nick, but he was like, you're going to college? He was so... He was threatening. He was threatening, yeah. And he was like more of a business kind of conglomerate person, like a CEO than he was was. jolly old St. Nick. They like really did focus on it being like 
Because they're like, you can't leave the family business. We're trying to make a merger with Jack Frost. Yeah. And she has like an arranged marriage to marry Jack Frost's son. That, that's actually what prompted the question. Um, <laughs> do, is there a myth in the world of Christmas that Santa Claus's daughter is set to marry Jack Frost's son. I don't think so. What is the lore of Jack Frost? I don't think Who they ever he? mention Santa having children. That's right. You know. And I honestly, I don't know the history of Jack Frost. I think he's like the man who brings snow. Is that all he does? I think that's just what he is. Have you ever seen the the animated? movie where they're like he's mr white christmas he's mr snow i've only seen that in the 1997 movie batman and robin where mr freeze is watching (laughs) that in his isolated chambers so that's the only time i've seen it (laughs) that's a well well there you go (laughs) (laughs) oh perfectly explained (laughs) anyway that's like the closest i know to like the jack frost Mm -hmm. lore there's some amazing lines in this movie. My favorite is when uh, her friend finds out she wants to go to college and her friend goes, your dad would have a reindeer if he found out. Yeah, what was up with that? Your dad would have a... He already has reindeer. He has like 12 reindeers. Go to college more. You'll give him more reindeer. <laughs> yeah, there's like a weird merger happening. And guys, on my Instagram for this uh, podcast, I'm going to put up a picture of what Jack Frost looks like in this movie mm-hmm. because it's truly the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. He has like glowing blue <laughs> eyes. It's he looks, horrific. He looks like Tim Allen in Christmas with the Cranks when he gets the Botox. But like <laughs> if his face is painted a little bit. It's so bad. Also, it's the worst acting I've seen in any of these movies. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to say, I really enjoy, specifically in Christmas movies, they try to keep the magic alive for children, but also viewable for for adults. And what I like that they do is they will tend to put some realism into Christmas. Like, there is a business side of something. Like, for example, in Elf, they're saying, if you don't believe in Christmas, or if you don't believe in Santa Claus, and like that's you're not going to be able to make Santa's uh, sleigh fly or when they're building the toys in the toy factory, mm-hmm. they're building like Bob the Builder and actual like registered trademark toys rather than just like little toy soldiers. So it feeds to kids' imagination of, oh, that's actually real. Yeah. So I like that realism sense in Christmas movies. But this one was just stupid. The the merger? <laughs> we got a merger coming up. That classic Christmas cheer. Oh my God. That merger. <laughs> this was perhaps the worst one that, that we had seen. But Agreed. we're going to parlay that into the best trailer we saw, which is for the movie, The Holiday Calendar. <laughs> this one was my personal favorite. I thought this would, was the funniest trailer and actually looks like it could potentially be a, a movie that people like. But it was uh, OK. I'll just read the description to you guys. So this is The Holiday Calendar, another Netflix original. A photographer inherits an antique advent calendar that seems to predict her future, including a budding romance. So um, this has all the classic hallmarks of what we we love from unwatchable Christmas movies. We've got a we've got two random celebrities actually. We have uh, Cat Graham who plays Bonnie on The Vampire Diaries. 
And we have the guy who plays William on This Is Us. William! William! We got him. I love his voice. Ron, I forget if his, if it's pronounced Cephas or Cephas, but Ron Cephas Jones. This movie was truly amazing, you guys. Essentially, the premise is this girl is a, she's a photographer waiting for her big break. And she's like, Grandpa, I need my big break. I need to find, and he's like, you need to find love. And she's like, no, my career. And then he gives her an advent calendar. Careers. Ugh, careers. Uh, uh. When will people learn to pay attention to Christmas movies and only focus on finding love where you didn't see it before? Turns out it was right in front of you the whole time. It was right in front of your camera lens, you photographer. (laughs) Take a picture. It'll (laughs) last last longer. (laughs) Oh, that should have been the tagline. And... (laughs) Because it would have made no sense, and neither does this movie. So he gives her an advent calendar. And so in this movie, she has a friend who she's been like friends with since they were five years old. Um, she opens the advent calendar, and inside the advent calendar, she finds these little tiny boots. And then later that day, her friend, who she's known forever, gives her an identical pair of boots. And this is my favorite reveal in the whole trailer. <laughs> she goes, hey, my calendar gave me boots. And then he says, well, clearly the calendar is magic. And that's just how they decide that the advent calendar is magic. What pisses me off is they decide that immediately. And in, yeah, and like in the trailer, so you're like kind of spoiling the whole, like everything. Way to spoil Christmas. There's like no discovery in any of these trailers. Like they tell you exactly like the whole movie Mm -hmm. in it. That's my pet peeve about trailers sometimes Mm -hmm. is that you're like, I have no, nothing is a surprise to me. Mm -hmm. Like, you're telling me exactly everything that happens. Then the calendar gives her a tree, and then the next day she's driving, and some guy's tree comes untied from his roof, and then she rolls over it, and who gets out of the car? It's a handsome gentleman. I wouldn't say he was handsome. Well, he's supposed to be in the context of the movie. Yeah, when I... Okay, I feel like whenever the love interest is introduced, like, it's a 10 out of 10 handsome person. (laughs) And this one I felt like, oh... And I'm probably just being an asshole here. But because of his looks, I thought, oh, he's going to be a douchebag or something. But no, he was a potential love interest. And I was like, really? He's talking about uh, Ethan Peck. I don't know who Ethan Peck is. Let me see a picture of Ethan Peck. Maybe he But he's the guy who plays her love interest? I don't know this guy. Yeah, pass. (laughs) Apparently he was in, I think it's the television show, 10 Things I Hate About You. And he was in... Passport to Paris, the Mary Kate and Ashley movie. That's pretty much it. Those are his biggest claims to fame. She meets the guy because she hits his tree, and then the advent calendar just starts like predicting everything that's going to happen in her days. So she starts dating the guy whose tree she ran over. But the secret is she should really be with her best friend. Mm-hmm. Her best friend was the love she should have been with all the time, and it was right in front of her face, and she didn't notice. Prediction. I'm going to assume that the calendar is going to tell her to, to fall in love with a new person, but she doesn't want to fall in love with a new person, so she's going to be like, I, I make my own fate. It's like Terminator 2. There's no fate but what we make for ourselves. Wow. I think what's going to happen is the last day of the advent calendar, it's going to be empty. Ooh. And then it's like, oh, you choose your fate. Um, so those are some unwatchable movies to check out, you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are in the in the mood for some watchable movies, 
Then we have some some Christmas specials that are actually good that we should talk about. Oh, you're going to the good things? Yeah. Well, I wanted to play a little game with you before <gasps> we move on from the bad to the oh, good. Oh, okay. This is a surprise. I don't know what you're going to do. You don't know. You have no idea what's I didn't going know on about here. this. You didn't know. Uh, all right. Bring it in. I'm going to start bringing it in. Uh, <clears throat> all right, Chloe. Yes. I'm going to read to you three movie prompts. Okay. And you're going to have to tell me. Which of these two is real and which of these is a fake movie? It's like Two Truths and a Lie. We've uh, You're familiar with Two Truths and yeah. a Lie? Okay, like, so you're giving me three and I have to pick the one that's fake? The one that's fake. Okay. All right. Let, do you, let's do give they you have any, the titles as well? I did not go into enough detail with that. I felt like that would give it away too much. So okay. none of that. It's like Two Truths and a Lie. Let's give you an example of Two Truths and a Lie. Um, I am having fun doing this podcast. Okay. I destroyed your bathroom. And I'm wearing shoes. You're wearing shoes. That is true. Uh, the, I hope the lie is that, you know, I know you, the lie is that you're having fun on this podcast. Correct. <laughs> your, your bathroom is completely safe. <laughs> you have to remodel. All right. So I'm going to read to you three prompts okay. and you're going to have to spot out the fake one. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so I felt like some of these prompts did not give enough. So I went both on Netflix, uh, I went on Google, I went on IMDb, and I tried to compose my own version of the prompts okay. to make it sound the best as synopsis possible. The best synopsis possible. <clears throat> okay. Drew McIntyre, one of New York's most eligible bachelors and up-and-coming dog groomer, is in search for an heirloom Christmas stocking. Uh, Christmas stocking with the power to grant any present they wish to get the promotion he's been longing for. But is his devotion to his job making Drew lose sight of the true meaning of Christmas? Prompt two. Wait, wait. Give me a moment to take that in. All right, what do you think I just said happened? This is a businessman who's looking for a magical stocking that can give him any gift he wants. uh, So the stocking is... um, it's an heirloom stocking, and everyone that's had it in their family, whenever they wish for something and they have it okay. up for Christmas, they always get what they gotcha. want. Gotcha. Okay, so at the end, he's obviously going to wish for love instead of a promotion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> prompt number two. Home for the holidays, a broke puppeteer knows there's treasure buried somewhere under her town and enlists the help of her paintball-obsessed best friend and tango-dancing grandma to help find it. God damn it, I hope this one is real. <laughs> That's amazing. And prompt number three. Okay. A woman gets engaged only for her fiancé to leave her just before she is due to head home for the holidays. Rather than force, or rather than face parental disapproval, she hires an actor to pose as her future husband. Uh, okay. So let's soak in this. So that last one is a, it's like a trope that's been done many times before. Mm-hmm. But Christmas movies aren't very original. I'm going to say that last one is true. What if I told you they're all true? <laughs> okay, no. The, one, of, they... one of them is fake. Okay. I think the last one is real. Okay. And it's named something like... Uh, you think it's a pun? Yeah. Okay. It's called something like... Mr. Wrong? <laughs> <laughs> something like that. I like that. Um... So then we're left with the magical stocking or the puppeteer. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to read through any of them again or do you have any questions about them? Read through that second one again. All right. I can't read through any of these without laughing. 
Home for the holidays, a broke puppeteer knows there's treasure buried somewhere under her town and enlists the help of her paintball-obsessed best friend and tango-dancing grandmother to help her you, find it. You made that one up. I made that one up? That one was the lie? No, I'm saying, like, is I that think, final answer? Here's my reasoning. Do you want me to read the first one again? <laughs> no. Here's my reasoning. I know that the second one is one that you made up because you're laughing so hard, A, and no one makes you laugh like you. And That's true. Also, because I just feel like, I feel like the first one is so, like, cheesy and it's been done before that there's... That that has to be the real one. Okay. And the second one is far too out there. Oh, you're good at this. Um, except you're wrong. What? That's right. Drew McIntyre, one of the New York's most eligible bachelors and up-and-coming dog groomer. There's no reason for him to be a dog groomer. <laughs> is in search for an heirloom Christmas stocking to get the promo- promotion he's been longing for. But is his devotion to his job making Drew lose sight of the true meaning of Christmas? That's fake. Chloe, Did Drew- you write that one? Yeah, I wrote that one. Do you know... <laughs> Did, did I sell you with Drew McIntyre? Yes. Guess what? That's a wrestler. <laughs> Curse you. You Look at this. Me. Look at what I'm oh, showing you. Oh, my God. Guys, if you want to see it. <laughs> Read that. Okay. This is it. This is, is this on Netflix? That's on Netflix. Guys, this is a movie that came out last year. It's an hour and a half running time called Holly Star. Home for the holidays. A broke puppeteer knows there's tre- treasure buried somewhere under her town. To find out, all she has to do is die, almost. <laughs> what? Wait, what is the? Where does the grandma come in? I looked that up on like Google and IMDb, so I like mixed the best uh, potential. So she does have Th- a that is true. grandma, or uh, what was it? She has a tango dancing a tango grandma, dancing grandma, and a paintball obsessed best friend. Oh my god! You we guys need wanna, to watch this movie. If you want to watch that one, that one's called Holly Star. Um, if you want to watch the other one. Uh, it's called a holiday engagement. Holy shit! And if you want to watch the one that I uh, that I pitched, uh-huh. please subscribe to or give money to me to my <laughs> Patreon, and I'll make that movie by next Christmas. Oh my god! Okay, I'm overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. That was good. Was that not a fun game to play? That was good. You got me. No, I thought there was no way that that one was real. <laughs> <laughs> what What made you think? Nah. Because just, like, your reaction to it, I was reading your face, and also, like, also I just thought the first one was so specific (laughs) that it had to be real. But Drew McIntyre, like, I can't believe you got me on a wrestling (laughs) name. If I just listened to you when you talk about wrestling, I would have gotten it. If I would have said, uh, The Undertaker, one of New York's (laughs) most eligible bachelors. Well, then I would have known for sure. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, that was so fun. That was great. That was amazing. Uh, did you have any others? Um, no, I wanted to come up with more, but those were like the best. Those fake are the ones. best of the best. The other ones, uh, it would be too obvious, which is a good one, like, mm. which is a fake yeah. one, and they. This was great. Perfect. I, I have to retire <laughs> with a perfect record. Okay, what was it? Holly Star. Holly Star is the puppeteer. We are one. watching Holly Star. Oh, what have I done? We need to watch that that movie. That sounds like the worst movie I've ever. I'm ever going to see in my life. Mm-hmm. So now that we've talked about a lot of the unwatchable and just bad things about the holiday season, I want to end things on a positive note mm. by talking about some of the best Christmas specials that we've come across. So you and I have each brought in some examples of um, some 
some specials or some movies that really tug at our heartstrings and that we really love. The all aorta. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think one that I've loved since I was a kid that I want to talk about is the VeggieTales Christmas special called The Toy That Saved Christmas. Now, I've never seen this special. I don't think I've ever seen VeggieTales. So I'm going to let you just talk all about it because I have nothing to contribute to okay. this so far. The toy I hate vegetables. Get out of here. I, I don't like- want any damn vegetables. <laughs> Rod so, Flanders. The Toy That Saved Christmas, um, that is the VeggieTales Christmas special. It came out in uh, 1996, so I've literally been watching this since like I was a little baby. It centers around um, Mr. Nezzer, owner of the Nezzer Toy Factory, and he has a new toy this Christmas, Buzzsaw Louie. Push its nose and it tells you the true meaning of Christmas getting presents mm-hmm. but one of the buzzsaw louis toys kind of becomes sentient and Ooh. realizes that he doesn't like that idea mm-hmm. and he goes in search of the true meaning of christmas um it sounds nice it is really nice it's it's a really like fun christmas special they introduce a new character which is the buzzsaw louis but they introduce him in like a really endearing way so it doesn't seem like out of the blue like you're not mm-hmm. missing the other characters that VeggieTales has to offer. It also features one of my all-time favorite VeggieTales silly songs, and it's the Oh Santa silly song where... Uh, have you have you heard this one? Is that the one with the IRS? Yeah. Oh Santa, one. I just can't wait for you to come. I just can't wait for you to come. And I've got cookies, three yummy cookies. And he's like singing about how he wants to meet Santa, and he made him cookies, and one by one... People start showing up at Larry's house, and even though he saved the cookies for Santa, he uh, he lets them have cookies, and he get, and it's really funny because like he gives them to people who are like not the nicest. Like there's someone there to rob his house, and he mm-hmm. gives them a cookie, and uh, the guy from the IRS shows up, but he won't give one to the guy from the IRS. And that's an adult joke right there, and it's really funny. You you watch this every Christmas season. I watch it during tax season. <laughs> it's really more of a tax season movie <laughs> and less of a Christmas movie. I have such a soft spot for VeggieTales. I grew up with those movies, and I, I love them so much. <laughs> and this one happens to be one of my favorite specials that they ever did, and one of my favorite songs. And it's only 30 minutes. You can Ooh. probably find it on YouTube. I'm sure it's there. I'm sure it's pretty easy to find with modern technology. Um, Highly recommend. I think it's underrated. This is the time of year where a lot of shows put out Christmas specials, really good Christmas episodes, but I think a show that has some really standout Christmas content has to be Community, which is one of my favorite shows. Mm -hmm. One of the shows you and I watch together all the time. And you took a lot of notes on this Christmas episode from season two of Community. I took a total of nine bullet points. Wow. Which is a lot for me. (laughs) That is one entire gun. That's nine bullets. Wow. (laughs) Well, can you get into it? (laughs) I can. Uh, Let's see. I just... I don't know. I just... This episode really tugs at my heartstrings. I really enjoy it. It's, It's... really pleasant to the eyes because mm-hmm. when you're flipping through the channels and you catch this play-doh animation kind of thing 
it makes me want to stop and be like, oh, I want, I want to watch this. This is def- definitely something I want to watch. And um, what Christmas special of Community is this? This is the title is, of the episode. This is in season two, I believe, titled Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas, where we uh, are in the backseat and see Abed's, uh, Abed's way of dealing with Christmas because something has happened that he's seeing the entire world as uh, stop motion animated. Mm-hmm. And we have two paths to see the story. It can either be that he's trying to find the true meaning of Christmas and it's just a genre episode that someone uses as an excuse to to do that play animation. And then another storyline is that something actually happened with Abed and you're trying to figure out why it is that he's doing this. Like, is he repressing something? Mm-hmm. And it's a very, because it's Christmas, you have visually all the, nice childlike wonder things but it also can get a little i'd say a little dark and accepting yeah. of human emotion and stuff like that and it's yeah. just a nice episode i think the nice thing about abed's uncontrollable christmas is that it plays community is just known for doing genre episodes mm-hmm. really well and i think this one is great because it combines you know, the stop-motion animation looks really good. It mm-hmm. looks like those classic stop-motion animation yes. Christmas specials. Um, and they're able to do it in a way that makes sense in the world of Community. Yeah. I mean, Community is a very outlandish show. Mm-hmm. Um, but just through the dialogue, we are understanding, like, why this is happening. Mm-hmm. And we're still getting glimpses into the regular outside world of Greendale. Mm-hmm. Greendale? <laughs> of Greendale. <laughs> Um, because the dialogue is so well written. Mm-hmm. I like uh, one of the first lines in the episode is um, when Abbott starts seeing the world, the stop motion animated, and all the other characters understand that. I think Jeff asks, uh, anything we can do? Kind of like, uh, like, is there anything we can do for you emotionally? But I like Abbott's uh, response saying, you can move around more. It's not, you're not really taking... Uh, advantage of the genre if you're just stationary which i love commit uh the commitment of community to certain genres and stuff like that yeah and i love when they call out when they kind of break the fourth wall and yeah it's very true it's it's a very pleasant episode to watch um i'm just gonna go on a quick tangent if i love genre episodes of community mm-hmm. there's one episode that they do puppets and i've always thought to myself i like that episode because i'm if i'm flipping through the channels and i see the puppet stuff it's very entertaining but if you take out the puppet aspect, there it's an empty episode really. There's no need for the puppets as much as uh, as much as there could be. Whereas this episode, because of the stop motion animated, it does hold up and it is uh, it it backs it up. It's it's got yeah. Substance. They like they create a reason mm-hmm. to be doing it outside of just we're doing it to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote down that it deals with coping slash acceptance and melt and mental health. And that the audience, spoiler, the uh, audience thinks Abed is just being a kid at, at heart enjoying Christmas and it's really has more serious undertones to it. I also love the, the commitment to detail when they're, they're in the study room, but they break away into Abed's fantasy of like a wonderland. And every time a character like opens a door, or like goes somewhere out, you can see the, the study room in stop-motion animation mm-hmm. like all the small attention to detail in these in this episode and I love the 
the way that they withhold the information and the rev and the revelation of Abed's trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's kind of a sad uh what, what do you call that word? It's, bittersweet. It's a bittersweet ending, but at the end yeah. It I feel like there's a lot of meaning behind it. It's very heartwarming. <laughs> it makes me happy. Yeah. Long live community. <laughs> Honestly, that show is so good. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of the season three Christmas episode. <clears throat> <laughs> I felt like my voice is going away. No problem. You're getting a little choked up thinking about that stop motion animation. Don't drink water close to the mic. All right. like, gulp. <laughs> was that a, because you don't want to hear that? Or was that, don't ruin my fucking microphones. No. Or both. Just, I wanted to see if I could pick that up in my editing. <laughs> Delicious water. I love the season three community episode where they have to take over for the Glee Club and it turns into like a big Glee parody. Mm-hmm. And I love la And just how like insane Taryn Killam is as the guest star in that episode. Mm-hmm. That I know that season two's Christmas episode is objectively better, but I have to give a shout out to season three because I, I love that episode too. My favorite part of that episode is when Troy and Abed do their Christmas rap because this might be like one of the best songs I've ever heard in community. It, it kind of takes me out of it for a little bit because I'm like, oh, this is going hard. <laughs> hard, yeah. the rap that they do. Yeah. So we have one more Christmas special that we really wanted to talk about. This is like, uh, I'm, okay. Out, when we're talking about Christmas specials, mind you, we're not talking about like major motion picture, like right. Christmas movies. We're talking about like little Christmas specials that were either specifically made to air at Christmas or yeah. like shows created them as like their Christmas episode or something. And For, this is a really good one because it brings a smile to my face like anytime. Like if I'm just sitting at home or like when I'm walking down the street. <laughs> and everybody that you meet. They have their original point of view. <laughs> So, if, in case you guys haven't picked up on it hey! yet, we're talking about Arthur. What a wonderful kind of day. Hey. I completely forgot the lyrics. I went into this <gasps> You went into the lyrics. And, and then, then I was were, like, oh, shit. You what immediately do- got packed into a chorus. I, I know Pal is in it. And- so, this is Arthur's uh, hour-long Christmas special. It aired in the year 2000. Of our Lord. and <laughs> In the year of our Lord, 2000. Mm-hmm. And this is called... Arthur's Perfect Christmas. This is an amazing Christmas special. It came out when I was five years old. I'm 24. I think I may have watched this Christmas special like every year since it came out. You can find it on YouTube if you guys haven't seen it. Um, It's up there for free. Mm -hmm. And it's so good, you guys, for so many reasons. Um, There there are a lot of storylines in there. There's... Mm -hmm. As far as the kids go, uh, Arthur, like within the Reed household, we have Arthur and D.W., Francine slash Muffy have their storyline. Buster has his thing. Uh, Brain is more of a supporting thing, like yeah. comes in and every once in a while with some wisdom. Everyone but, kind yeah. of has something to do and shows their own type of tradition. It's kind of like when you're in school and then like you go on vacation or you go for the holidays. Yeah. Everyone has something that they're doing. I, I can't uh, sing this specials praises enough 
So the summary of this is, when the residents of Elwood City get ready for Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and even Baxter Day, they want their holiday celebrations to be perfect. But just what does that mean? And I think that's a great summary because the, t- the special is Arthur's perfect Christmas. And the whole point is like, what is each of these characters' idea of like the perfect Christmas? The thing that I love about this special is that it's heartwarming without being cheesy. And it teaches you about other traditions without saying that one is better than the other. Mm-hmm. So everyone has like a distinct thing that they want in this movie. Um, and there's so much happening that it doesn't feel like it's an hour long. I can't believe how much they like incorporated into like a 55 minute runtime. Mm-hmm. Arthur really wants to have like a perfect Christmas. He just wants like a classic Christmas with snow mm-hmm. and to give his family good gifts and to be around them. DW is like obsessed with getting Tina, Tina the talking tabby. Tina the Which, talking tabby. Before we started watching this again, I I wrote down DW wants Mary Moo Cow. But then I I saw it and they were talking about Tina the talking tabby and I was like, "Oh, I completely forgot. <laughs> this was not a Mary Moo Cow based thing or a Crazy Buzz based thing. It was a completely different yep. toy." So DW is like obsessed with writing the perfect letter to Santa. Um Buster is concerned because ever since his parents got divorced, his mom like constantly worries that the divorce will make him have a bad Christmas. And mm-hmm. so she gets really stressed out and like anxious every year and it kind of ruins it for him. And all he wants is for her to enjoy herself so that they can spend the day together. And then Muffy and Francine get into a fight because Francine yeah. can't come to Muffy's Christmas party because she's celebrating Hanukkah and Muffy doesn't really understand what that means. I wrote down as one of my notes as soon as that is introduced, Muffy the anti-Semite is non-considerate and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I wrote. <laughs> Muffy the anti... We're getting a first glimpse into Muffy the anti-Semite in this. This was well, the original name well, of the movie. Well, she's not. She's just, uh, she just doesn't understand. Right. Um, there's also this funny running gag where like Binky is trying oh, to make I love desserts that. and he doesn't know how to make a dessert. Like he makes pecan pie, but he doesn't shell the pecans mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. I think that's the first thing that he makes is the pecan pie. Um, but it's interesting because everyone is talking about what their traditions are and Binky's like, Oh, I like to help the homeless. So like, that's the start of it. Mm-hmm. And every time he makes a food, he's just like terrible at it. And then when you get the final payoff of him serving cookies to the homeless, it's just, he bought them from the grocery <laughs> store. bought. Yeah. I think that this is a wonderful special that showcases different traditions and customs. We have George talking about his tradition. Um, from Sweden. From Sweden, where they wear the candles on their head. Mm-hmm. And they have like a traditional dance that they do. And they eat uh, lutefisk. Whatever, lutefisk. However you say it. Lutefisk. 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 Um, they talk about Kwanzaa. The brain uh, celebrates Kwanzaa with his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this really funny part where he's like, he's like giving someone uh, ice cream that's like the Kwanzaa colors, and he's like, chocolate represents freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, strawberry. Oh no, it was like chocolate represents freedom. Uh, vanilla represents like a, um, equality. Equality, and then raspberry like represents the oppression of African Americans or something <laughs> like that. It's like the most woke ice cream sundae you could oh, ever yeah. eat. It was it's a really funny line, but it's like kind of poignant. We all we get like the Christmas side of things with Arthur's family. His dad bakes like a traditional <laughs> uh like the traditional foods that people would have eaten in Bethlehem in no biblical new, times. No new world ingredients. Nope. 
<laughs> it's one of the big lines. And I personally, as someone who celebrates Hanukkah, like I love the Francine and Muffy storyline mm-hmm. the best. Um, Muffy invites Francine to her Christmas party, and Francine can't go because she's celebrating Hanukkah. And they get into a fight about it, and Muffy is like, well, Hanukkah is not as good as Christmas. It's not an important holiday. And understandably, Francine's like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and um, there's such a funny, like, classic burn <laughs> of Muffy's in this episode where, like, her and Francine are fighting, and Muffy gets um, makeup for Christmas. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, I don't need makeup. I'm already beautiful. I'm already beautiful, but Francine doesn't have any, and she sure could use some. <laughs> and she's like about to call her and be like, "Hey, do you want this makeup that I got for Christmas?" And then she's like, "I can't because we're not friends." And there's a whole sad musical number where like she's the princess, and Francine is like doing all these chores for her, and it's about how she misses Francine's friendship. But in all of these like fantasy scenarios, Francine is like in the like in the back of the train shoveling coal and mm-hmm. Muffy's in like the first class train dressed up in like fancy garb and it's so funny. I love Muffy as a character. Um, I wanted to point out one of my favorite uh, sequences in this movie and that is when they go to the mall, when the Reeds go to the mall to get mm-hmm. the presents because first of all, they go to the mall on like the 23rd. You're pushing it, cro- you're pushing it real close, Reed family. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh they get there, and Arthur's mom says, all right, meet back here in one hour. One hour is definitely not enough time to shop for Christmas, <laughs> especially on the 23rd, two-hour minimum. Um, and Arthur wants to buy that bird, as if we've seen this special, you're familiar with the bird that he broke, and that's like what he wants to give to his mom for Christmas. Yeah. And he gets, he gets to the store where they're selling it, and he does his classic Arthur gasp upon... <gasps> Upon, perfect. Upon seeing the very long line of people that he's gonna have to wait uh, behind, I counted it. It's twelve people, and he falls asleep in the middle of that line with twelve people ahead of him. Yeah, and he held out for such a long point. So he buys a uh, he buys a bird, and he has two minutes left to make it to the rendezvous point, and it's apparently like a race against time. And he's like, oh, I gotta get all the way to the to the candy cane to meet my mom. And he's rushing to meet her. And there's no need for this for this chase scene or this action scene. Like his mom's just gonna leave yeah. if he's not there. Yeah, like it's not like his mom's just gonna leave without him. Like, oh, I said specifically three forty five, he's not here. Fuck you, Arthur. You I guess your... I don't have a son anymore. I guess I don't have a son. <laughs> you can find your own ride home. No, just wait for it. Um but it does give us like the best action sequence out of it where he's like cutting through the toy store to get there and Tina the talking tabby's song is playing out loud and he's just like parkouring his way through that and I I love that scene but there's no need for it but I love it <laughs> then he gets home and he gets like a VHS tape from Uncle Fred living his best life with his dog Rory yeah. he's just there like to to be a goof and and fuck shit up I think um, I think what this special does well is introducing a character that we haven't seen before, but in a really likable way. Yeah. Because um, his mom's brother, Fred, ends up being a really important part of the plot. Mm-hmm. And they introduce him very early on so that we know exactly who he is. Mm-hmm. They give him... They give him a characterization that's simple but endearing, where he's very clumsy. 
and they do it in a funny way and like a fun way and just the ending of this movie I don't uh, if you guys want to watch it I mean it's a children's show but mm. I enjoy it as an adult still and the ending is really heartwarming and sweet without being like over the top or without relying on like cheap Christmas tropes that are like it was Santa mm -hmm. like it was like they don't do any of that they really don't focus on Santa actually that much in yeah. this special I mean DW obviously does because she's four mm -hmm. but that's not that's not really what they're saying and I love that the point of this special is that like you can make Christmas whatever you want like you can make your own perfect Christmas yeah and um, everyone has their own way of celebrating the holidays and you know what all of those ways are perfectly valid and everyone should be allowed to enjoy it however they want this is also the only uh, Arthur-related thing where Arthur's penis is implied. <laughs> yeah, DW walks in on him in the bathroom. Just taking a piss. Oh, so I wrote a note here uh, mm -hmm. about when it's Christmas Eve and they're setting up the milk and cookies and the water for the reindeer. And then uh -huh. you said, like, oh, we used to set water for the reindeer too, right? Uh, one uh, year we, one we year? set out water for the reindeer and sometimes we would set out milk and cookies mm. can i tell you something my family once did what so we did the classic like setting leaving out milk and cookies and then my mom was like oh make sure you leave water uh in a bucket for the reindeer and we did that and christmas morning uh the cookies and milk have been finished and we have all the presents there and we went outside to see uh the water just to confirm our last belief that the reindeer were there mm -hmm. and the water has been like emptied out so we're like oh the reindeer drank out of it and you know what else was on our front lawn what shit <laughs> droppings <gasps> what kind i i was uh eight i did not <laughs> well, investigate your parents, your parents really went all out they really committed to this <laughs> yeah so like either this was a happy coincidence they're like yeah look the reindeer took a shit here or they're like hey get some of that that dog dropping and leave it here. <laughs> we got to strategically place these animal feces. My parents were really smart in the whole Christmas thing. One mm -hmm. of the things they told me was, uh, if if you ever see Santa Claus, he'll uh -huh. know and he won't bring you presents anymore. So that kind of scared me <laughs> to not like stay up and look for Santa. They were that was smart of them. <laughs> well, I hope that you guys um, take an interest in some of these specials that we've talked about. Check out some of those unwatchable movies that we were talking about too, especially the one where the woman has a, has a taekwondo. What, was it taekwondo? Uh, uh, Check out Holly Star, where Holly there's Star. buried treasure under her town. You guys, turns out the treasure was, was the meaning of Christmas. Oh. <laughs> um, and I just want to say that I hope everyone out there, no matter what you celebrate, I hope you have a great holiday. Um, and I know that sometimes the holidays can be hard for people, but just make it whatever you want to make it. There's no pressure to have a fantastic over-the-top day. Maybe just sit at home in sweatpants and watch TV and make that your own perfect celebration. Don't have to do anything full out to celebrate the holidays. You just have to be around people that you like. And if you don't like anyone, just have fun being by yourself, man. Yeah. In the words of Arthur's uncle, maybe the perfect... Christmas is what you least expected. Is that what he says? Yeah, I think it was like, you don't always get the Christmas you want, but sometimes it's better than you expected. Yeah. Which is a little optimistic, but... <laughs> <laughs> hey, Manny. What's up? 
Uh, now that you've been on the podcast, I have a question for you. Shoot. Would you sponsor me? God, no. Excuse me? I don't. I hold my money sacred, and I'm not just going to give away my money, but I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a shot, kid. You got moxie. Oh, I, if there's one thing I'm known for, it's my moxie. If only there was a way to prove your talent of sponsorship. Oh, it's so funny that you say that. I actually do a segment right here on this podcast where you give me something to make up an ad read for, and I improvise it right here, right now, to prove how good I am yeah. and how I deserve to be sponsored. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. So what I do, I just uh, tell you a word into this microphone and you... Uh... Uh, an item, a brand, anything. Okay. Um... All right, you know when you go out to a restaurant and they like, they give you the check in that little little booklet? Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with that. Sand. <laughs> Sand? Sand. Okay. Here we go. This is my ad read for sand. Ah, oh, I have this, I have so many elements of a good day. I've got sun, I've got this bucket of water. If only I had a third thing that I could combine with sun and water to make a, an all-in-one cool, fun time experience. Oh, I know. Walk, 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 walk. That's me opening a, I'm opening a cupboard. Oh, this bag of sand. This bag of sand that I picked up at the store. I can use it to make my own little beach right here in my living room. I got the sand, I got the sun, I got the water. And if you guys want to be like me and create your own at-home beach, what you need is sand in a jar. That's right, you guys. Sand in a jar is the perfect way to create your own beach experience right in the comfort of your own home. Anyone can get water, anyone can open up the blinds and have some sun, but you're missing a key element, sand. At Sand in a Jar, we only bottle the most quality sand ingredients. We're talking little pebbles. We're talking little rocks. We're talking a combination of the two. And they're all going to come together and make the perfect squishy, squashy, pebbly sand right here, right now for your enjoyment. You guys, I am dead serious about this sand. It is only of the highest quality it's $20 a jar for three ounces per jar, and I swear it is worth it. I know that that sounds, that sounds steep, but with prices like that, you know that you're getting the best quality in the world. Place your order today. Use my code uh, sand, sand everywhere. Give me some sand everywhere, please. I need the sand. I, I, I can't talk to my children. They don't contact me anymore. This is all I have. Please, please help me. I just want some sand because I can't go to the beach because my car got a flat tire and I was supposed to go to a bonfire with everyone, but they're going without me and I can't drive there because of my flat. So I could really use a pick me up right now. And that is why I need to create my own beach. And that is why I need your sand, please. Can you read that back to me one more time? No, for 35% off of your order. Guys, I'm telling you, you won't regret it. Sand in a jar. And if I could just read uh, some of the customer reviews. Uh, one, A. Skywalker says it's, it's rough and it's coarse and it gets everywhere. Perfect. That sounds like sand to me. Thank you so much, you guys. And I know you're going to love sand this holiday season. It's a perfect gift.
There you go. Hey, you know what? You changed my mind. Here's a wad of cash. <gasps> Yay! Oh, finally a sponsorship for Christmas. And here is a wad of sand. <gasps> Even better. Hey guys, it's Chloe and Manny back again. I know what you're thinking. Back again? What are you talking about? You never left. I never stopped listening to this podcast. Allow me to explain. Uh, we recorded the beginning part of this podcast on December 9th. It's currently uh, December 23rd. Happy Festivus! Happy Festivus, everybody! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so, um, we just wanted to hop on and kind of give a little epilogue to this podcast because there's been some further developments uh, since we recorded this. We've gotten some new information. We've seen uh, a few different... Christmas things that... This is a terrible introduction. We, we've we seen some of these movies that we were shitting on. We saw some shit. We, we've seen some shit. We wanted to update you guys. Um, you had a few corrections that you wanted to put out there, didn't you, Manny? Yes. I'd like to start out by formally apologizing to O.J. Simpson. I don't remember what I said in my bit uh, when I listed the year and compared the roster of the... The Buffalo Bills. Yeah, around, to, around to minute Rudolph. seven. Yeah. We're talking about Rudolph. I don't remember what year I said, but I know I said the incorrect year. I meant to say the 1973 Buffalo Bills roster. Joe Ferguson, Joe Delamelaru, Robert James, Reggie McKenzie, Paul Seymour, Bo Colonel, Dave Foley, and Mike Montler. But do you happen to know the most famous member of the 1973 Buffalo Bills member, O.J. Simpson? There. Wow. Now perfect that, joke. I'm so glad that you corrected it because the joke would just not have landed. All your listeners were like, I like this podcast, but that shit, that mm, joke, I can't forget Now it. that you've gone back and not only apologized for it, but thoroughly explained it and then rephrased it to include these corrections, now that joke is the funniest thing on this episode. Congratulations, babe. I'm really proud of you. Thank you for doing that. That took a lot of courage. The secret to comedy is lots of research, patience, and waiting it out and over explanation and over and oj <laughs> and, and then um uh, we were also talking about the m&m's commercial yeah so you probably remember me getting heated about this or being at least passionate that m&m's never make they never update their commercials because they make one and they're good for the rest of their life and i talked about that christmas uh that Christmas M&M's commercial. Oh, should we recreate it? Yeah, we should. <laughs> now that we know what it is now, like. Okay. okay. Who, who do you want to be, red or yellow? Uh, I'm Santa. Wait, no, I'm <laughs> the one who says Santa. You're yellow. I'm the yellow guy. You're JK. <laughs> I'm you're, already fucking this up. You're JK Simmons. <laughs> I'm already confused. Okay. And I'm red. I'm JK Simmons. Okay. Knock, knock, knock. D- no, I don't think there's... <laughs> I, I don't think it knocked. Oh, fuck. What, what do they say? <laughs> I think he burns his finger first. He goes, ow. And then it's like, shh. And then you ask. Say No. Uh, do, you, do you think he'll do you, like these? Do you think he'll like these? These red and green M&Ms. These red and green M&Ms? I don't know. I never met the guy. We both turn. Ah! ah! He does exist. Then, Santa? No. Damn it! <laughs> he does exist. Then Santa says, they do exist. And red and Santa both faint. And then yellow remains conscious and says... Santa? Perfect. Hey! <laughs> we need to stop laughing. <laughs> this whole podcast. 
podcast is just us clapping and recreating Eminem's commercial. Incorrectly. <laughs> I, I genuinely the... did try that time. I was not trying to fuck I, it up on purpose. I gotta hear the original time we try to recreate it. To <laughs> you haven't heard the last time. I was just editing. Like... <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Sorry, you guys, but they, now we've corrected our mistakes. We oh, corrected. The I thought we stopped. Thing. I thought we were just having a back and forth. I didn't know we kept recording. But yeah. No. Okay. We're always recording. Oh shit! Oh, that's what this red that's light what means. The podcast is. Any, here's it's my recording uh, our conversation. Here's my update on Eminem's commercial. They made a sequel to that commercial, where they they picked up right where they left off, and yellow Eminem. Goes like, I guess I gotta deliver the presents, and he delivers the presents, and he gets the houses wrong, and everyone comes out into the neighborhood and goes, "Oh, I got your present, I got your present," and then Red's like, "Oh, look, they're they're talking to each other, or whatever." I hated that commercial. Wait, they wait, they really did it. They really made a yeah. new M and M Christmas commercial. They did it. They did it, everyone. Guys, they made they made a new M and M commercial finally. And they didn't have to. It was perfect it's the way been it was. Like and they finally did it. I'm so proud of them. I'm screaming. I'm literally <laughs> screaming right now. Oh my god. Okay. <sighs> Moving on from M&M's that, because that apparently... was it. That was it for me. I just wanted to apologize to OJ Simpson and bring up this M&M's Perfect. debacle. Dude, we we talked about M&M's for like 90% of this podcast, no joke. Um I wanted Slim to, Shady? Well, I think we both need to <laughs> issue a formal apology because we were shitting pretty hard on the movie Holly Star yes. earlier. And so w- earlier in the podcast, we played the game where you read me those uh, descriptions of Christmas movies. And I had to guess which ones were real and which ones were fake. Mm-hmm. And Holly Star, the one about a washed up puppeteer with a taekwondo granny. Uh, tango. Tango dancing granny. Tango dancing granny. Who thinks that treasure is hidden under her town. Mm-hmm. And has a best friend who's uh, obsessed with paintball. Mm-hmm. I thought that sounded like the worst one by far. And I could not believe it was real. However, we have tried to watch it. We were like, dude, this is going to be hilarious. We're going to sit down and we're going to watch Holly Star. And we turned it on. And I'm going to preface this by saying we didn't g- watch it all the way through. So it, maybe it took a weird turn. Maybe. But it actually was like a kind of well put together yeah, movie. Kind of dramatic. And like the acting was good and like they took time to like set up the character. Mm-hmm. Like it was not like a regular like Hallmark or like Netflix original bad Christmas movie. Like it looked like it had money put into it, maybe. Mm-hmm. It was very weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with myself after learning that Holly Star is actually like a competently put together movie. Well, are there any other movies that were oh, that okay. shattered your expectations? Okay. Well, you know, when we turned on Holly Star, I wanted to just watch like a stupid ass movie. I thought we were going to get that. For some reason, it didn't give that to me. Sorry, you guys. Holly Star kind of turned out to be good. But I have, since recording this podcast, seen one of the other movies that we talked about. Mm. I sat down with my roommate and we watched the movie Santa Girl, mm-hmm. the one that stars um, Harper from Wizards of Waverly Place. To recap, guys, Santa Girl was the one about um, Santa's daughter and she, like, instead of being Santa, she wants... Oh, no, instead of marrying Jack Frost's son, she wants to go to college and... 
her dad is going to have a reindeer after finding this out. Guys, I sat down and I watched it, and it was so hilariously bad. It was so bad. And I'm, I'm not trying to be shady, you guys. I've never seen Wizards of Waverly Place, so I don't know this. I, I don't know if I have a basis for saying this, but... Dude, the girl who played Harper in Wizards of Waverly Place, I think her name is Jennifer Stone. Mm-hmm. She is a bad actress. <laughs> she was so bad. Like, everyone in the movie was bad. The movie itself <laughs> was bad. But she was terrible. And I was like, girl, you were on Disney Channel. Like, you had a career. Mm-hmm. I was floored. And um, Jack Frost, his like he's nightmare fuel, and he doesn't get any more expressive throughout the entire film. I'm gonna post some of the photos of what he looks like on the unwatchable Instagram page. But uh, if you guys are looking for a bad movie, I would really check it out. None of it makes sense. The acting is terrible. It's very low budget. There's also my favorite part was that like. So Santa takes... Here's the scene that could have been good, right? So Santa comes with his daughter to drop her off at the dorms in college. And he's, like, going through the dorms and, like, pointing to every guy in the dorms and being like, you're on the naughty list, you're on the naughty list. Oh, I know you. You're on the naughty list. Which is kind of funny, right? Right. And the whole scene, like, in throughout the whole scene, he's impressing upon her, like, you need to make sure that you don't tell anyone who you are. Like, don't tell anyone that you're Santa's daughter. Things are going to get messy. Like, just don't do it. He, like, he makes her promise to him that she won't, like, do any magic or anything. So much so that he leaves, like, one of the elves with her to watch her, right? Mm-hmm. And then he walks into the middle of the hall where everyone is moving into their dorms. So there's, like, 20 people around. And he just vanishes <laughs> into thin air. So after bitching to her about not using her powers... He just disappears and uses his magic to, like, teleport in front of everyone. I wish I would have seen this movie. It was insane. There's also a part where, like, people find... Sorry, guys. Spoilers for the movie Santa Girl. But there's this part where um everyone in the school finds out that she's Santa's daughter. Or, like, she tells people that she's Santa's daughter or something like that. And, like, the whole point is that, like, the school starts making fun of her and, like, start cyberbullying her oh shit so they start but i don't think the writers of this movie either they didn't understand what bullying was like they've never experienced it before or they just like were afraid to be mean because like the stuff that her classmates do are not mean like she she finds out that they made a meme of her Manny, they use like the 2009 like meme format you mean uh top row bottom row yeah so top row bottom row there's like the neon like colorful background oh hell yeah we're going that far back and the meme is just a picture of her and it says like ask my daddy for presents or like something like that like it it makes no sense it's not mean at all it's like oh are you on the nice list because my dad will bring you presents that was it and that she's literally crying and like breaks over with breaks up with someone over that meme (laughs) it's insane anyway i'm not doing it justice but you guys just have to watch santa girl if you're looking for a bad time (laughs) that's that's my point (laughs) anyway you guys i just went on a big old rant about that but um thank you so much 
for taking time out of your Christmas to listen to us. That was really cool of you. Thank you so much for your support. I'm not trying to be cheesy here, but like I started this podcast in October and since then I've gotten like a lot of great comments from you guys, a lot of really supportive DMs being like, uh, like telling me that they really like the podcast or saying like, I listened to this episode and I really liked it or I liked what you had to say about this show or this movie. And I just really appreciate it. Um, and I'm going to be self-promotional for a second and say that if you want to get me a gift, you could always leave a review or give me five stars or follow us on Instagram at Unwatchable with Chloe Rodriguez. Do you have anything to say to the people before we sign off, Manny? Uh, just keep watching more Christmas movies. Uh, message anything that you want uh, you want to hear about on the podcast, and just uh, have goodwill towards your fellow man. Wow, that was really inspirational. You put me on the spot. <laughs> um, yes, I, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas or Hanukkah or uh, anything you guys celebrate. Just have a great holiday season. Um, next week, I'm going to be doing something really exciting for you guys. I have our New Year's Eve special coming out. And when I sat down to record this New Year's Eve special, my guest and I just had way too much to say. Like, so much to say. It is going to be an extravaganza, you guys. We are talking about Pixar. We talked about Pixar for almost three hours. Um, so I might be splitting this up into a two-part episode. I'll let you know what I decide. If you guys are interested in learning more about Pixar, uh, keep an eye out for our New Year's Eve Pixar Palooza. It's going to be really exciting. I had the wonderful Jamie Andrews on from Magic Quest Boys as my guest. And we're going to be just talking up a storm. So keep an eye out for that, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to Unwatchable. Thank you so much for your kind words, all of your support. Um, I really, really hope you have a great holiday season. And I will see you here next time. Thanks, guys. Bye.